I wanted to take some time this evening to uh, share some excerpts and thoughts from a, a little book called the the Shinshin Ming. Um, literally, a very little book. It's very tiny. <laughs> I think it's the smallest book in my my collection here that I, I that I own. Um, and the the Shinshin Ming is attributed to. Uh, an author, Sengsan, or Sozan in Japanese. <clears throat> and, pardon me, and Sengsan is, is thought to be the third patriarch of Zen Buddhism, or sort of the lineage holder of Zen Buddhism. And uh, the first patriarch, of course, being Bodhidharma, who is thought to have brought uh, Buddhism from India to China. Uh, and I've always really enjoyed Chinese Buddhist writings uh, because Taoism, which is an old Chinese philosophy, um, it brought me to Buddhism, right? And so Chinese Buddhist writings, you know, which is true for writings uh, in any culture, sort of incorporate a lot of local ideas. And so there is a lot of Taoist thought and words and images in Chinese Buddhism. And so I've always really enjoyed writings like this. And I encountered uh, Teng San uh, in seminary. And I was like, ooh, I really like the way this guy is writing. And so I picked up this this little uh, book called The Sin Sing Ming, which is translated as uh, Faith and Mind, or verses on faith mind, faith hyphen mind. <clears throat> So let me read a few uh, excerpts, a few selections from this book, uh, and then I'll share some thoughts. The great way is not difficult for those not attached to preferences. When neither love nor hate arises, all is clear and undisguised. If you wish to know the truth, then hold to no opinions for or against anything. To set up what you like against what you dislike is the disease of the mind. Indeed, it is due to our grasping and rejecting that we do not know the true nature of things. Do not seek for the truth. Only cease to cherish opinions. So just a few lines uh, from what, again, is a very short uh, book by Seng San. <clears throat> and we often summarize that reading, as you can probably hear, as life is easy for those with few opinions, right? Those who attach a few preferences. Um, and you know, think about that for a moment. Isn't that true? We really think about that. You know, think about all the disagreements that we have over differences of opinion. You know, I like the Eagles. <laughs> Someone else likes the Chiefs, right? In the right context, like the upcoming Super Bowl, uh, you know, we may get very vocal about these different opinions. Um you know, maybe you're you're planning a wedding and someone says, Well, we should invite these people. To the wedding and you're like no we should invite these people instead difference of opinion 
lead to some arguments. Um, this politician is good for the country. No, they're ruining the country. You know, um, and depending on your your personal opinions, you probably just substituted very different people into those sentences there. Right. So opinions can be very divisive. And they can make life complicated because of that divisiveness. <clears throat> because when we have a very strong opinion, we often feel compelled to share it. Right. Especially when that opinion is based in a very strong conviction and uh, when we encounter someone with a different opinion, we can feel very compelled to share those. Um, and strong opinions also, and we talked about being offended a few weeks ago, uh, strong opinions can also leave us open to being offended. Uh, I often use the example of um, strong opinions is is like being in a big suit made of balloons and you know we carry around with us and the bigger the balloons the or the more the more opinions we have the bigger the balloons right and life is just a briar patch you know waiting for us to walk into it and make a lot of noise every time one of our opinions bumps up against something contradictory you know pow boom all over the place and here's the thing though in, in a conventional sense, opinions can serve a purpose, a really important purpose, right? You know, we've all had, in, in, a, in a mundane way, we've all had conversations with people where we're like, well, you know, what do you want for dinner? Where do you want to go out for well, out to eat? And they're like, oh, I don't care. Anything's good. You know, whether it's, a, you know, going on a date with someone or with your spouse or, you know, a kid who can't make up their mind. And you're just like, boy, an opinion would really serve us well right now. We could just go, we get something to eat. Um, you know, and opinions can help us express what we like, right? What's worked well for us in the past? What hasn't worked well for us in the past? Uh, it's essentially what we believe to be true. And beliefs, you know, in, in our teachings, we talk about the cycle of causal origination. Um, that we have beliefs. And beliefs in certain contexts will give rise to thoughts, which lead to emotions, which drive words and actions. And it's a cycle, right? So our opinions are like our beliefs. Um, and so knowing our opinions, knowing our preferences is akin in some ways to knowing ourselves, our conventional selves. And I, and I use the word conventional because opinions or beliefs are very subjective, right? What may feel true for me may not feel true for you. What may feel true for you uh, may not feel true for anyone else. And that's where opinions can get us into trouble, right? Because now what's a belief for me needs to be a belief for you and we may fight over it or i may judge you over it right and the things that separate us from other people by way of uh you know conflict or judgment uh, i think that's you know that those things are, are detrimental to our practice and i i think that's what seng san was getting at right reality is all one thing all one perfect thing the true self, our Bodhidharma, the Tao, or the Way, all, all 
different words for the same thing, right? But opinions and having lots of opinions can make us believe that reality is not all one thing, that it's cut into a bunch of little tiny pieces, some of which are right and good, some of which are wrong and bad, and that and we convince ourselves that we know which is which, and we can help other people sort that out. And this is actually a lesson that I learned in seminary. Um, you know, I, I kind of felt like, oh, I'm going to learn the right opinions about things. I'm going to become a priest, and when I become priest, I'll know what's right and what's wrong. And I'll be able to help people, you know, um, especially those who are suffering. You know, the world can get a little crazy. I wanted to be a guide in a crazy world and have the right things to say. Um, you know, because I, I wanted to be a voice of calm and reason. And, and I assumed that that meant expressing the right opinions. You know, here's what's right. Here's what's wrong. Very simple. Black and white, cut and dry. So... As I studied, I, I tried to force Sensei Tony to kind of give me those right words. You know, what do I say in this situation? If someone says, you know, such and such a thing to me, how do I respond to that? Um, but I could never really pin him down. And I, I wondered to myself, like, boy, why is he being so evasive? Uh, <laughs> You know, surely there's there's some sutra or teaching that I can bring into every situation that's just right, right? Especially if I give a specific situation, like what do I say here? Um, but what I came to learn is that the right response in, in every situation was often, well, it depends, you know, because everyone is different. Uh, and there are rarely any words that will work for everyone especially when it comes to opinions, you know, at the center of a lot of, of hot button topics that we all encounter on a daily basis, you know, the center of a lot of arguments. What about abortion? What about gun laws? What about proper policing? A lot of opinions, a lot of conflicting opinions on those. And as a Buddhist, if someone comes to me, and they're angry or they're hurting. Maybe even in the context of one of those topics. And I'm someone as a Buddhist and as a priest who's resolved to reduce suffering in myself and in other people. You know, the, the thing for me to do in that situation is not to say, oh, here's my opinion and you should just believe this and things will be fine. Right. Because beliefs can run very deep. And there's likely a very good reason that they have a certain opinion. And me just telling them that they're wrong and that they need to adopt my opinion at best is going to just bounce off of them. Uh, and at worst is, you know, could really upset them and increase their suffering. So my goal, and I think the goal for all of us as we practice is to meet folks from a place of oneness. Right, Their journey may be very different from mine, but we're both on this journey. We have that in common. We both want to be happy. We both want to be safe. We, we both want to suffer less, and we don't reduce suffering by increasing separation, by forcing our opinions on other people. 
And while I do believe that Sang San is right, that life is easier for those not attached to preferences, um, I also recognize that opinions are a normal thing to have. Right. But that doesn't mean that I, I need to thrust them on other people and that that's the right thing to do. For example, if someone comes to me and says, you know, I like, man, I just I saw a news story. I'm I'm really upset about this. I, I think we need to just deport every immigrant from this country. Right. Now, I have a different opinion from the person. Going into my opinion, probably not going to help them feel less angry. They'll likely just walk away. Ah, what do you know? But instead, I can try to understand their opinion instead of forcing mine on them. So tell me more about that. You say you think we should deport immigrants from this country. Tell me about that. Why do you think that is? Why do you think that will help? And we may have a conversation then. And they may, you know, touch on some things that they're afraid of. You know, they they may touch on a fear of losing their job to someone who who came here from another country. They may, you know, relate a story of, of being afraid of crime. You know, because of a news story that they heard that involved someone from another country. And we may have a conversation where, you know, while I don't share their opinion on immigration, I have a different opinion than they do. I can relate to not wanting to lose my job. I can relate to not wanting to be a victim of crime or wanting my loved ones to be a victim of crime. Right. So we have that in common. So instead of creating separation by highlighting contrasting opinions, you believe this, I believe this, look how far apart we are. Let's fight over that ground in between. We can recognize connections by way of the things that we value, family, safety, well-being. And instead of that person feeling rejected based on a clash of opinions, oh, well, here's someone I can't talk about because they're one of those, right? One of those people who believes something different from me. Now that person can feel heard. And from a place of feeling heard and understood, you know, and, and being able to talk through a particular belief, they may recognize that maybe there are parts of that belief that aren't true. Maybe I find that parts of my opinion are not true. That opinion may change. It may evolve. Right? That person may be willing to listen to different opinions. And I think it's important for us to remember in our practice that as Buddhists, as those who are walking this path, we may be the only Buddha that folks encounter in their lives. You know, someone who's suffering uh, may be used to people fighting with them, telling them that they're wrong. 
uh, you know, and, and meeting those folks with mere opinions and just giving them, well, here's what I think probably isn't going to help them a whole lot. But when we see connection with people, now we're in a position to reduce suffering and we're in a position to be a Buddha to that person. You might think to yourself, well, but Brad, there are people out there who are just wrong and they need to be corrected. Maybe. Perhaps there are. And, you know, if you're a scientist, um, you know, then it may be your job to collect data and share what you've learned with people and what what that data and what those findings may mean for them. Uh, If you're in marketing or sales, you know, it may be your job to convince people that your product is the best and that they need to buy it and influence their opinion. Uh, If you're a sports fan, it may be your role to tell the other team to give up, you know, and that they're going to lose. But as a human... I'd argue that it's our role to connect with other people. Not to reject them. Not to try to convince them that they're wrong and that we're right. And that connection makes it a lot easier as Buddhists to help reduce suffering for those around us. Much more so than insisting on our opinions. So, I I hope that you found that helpful. Um, If you're interested, there there are versions of the Shinshin Ming online. I found this one. I think they also have translations just on some web pages too. But I'd invite you to read it. It's it's great. Um, Especially if you're someone like me who who likes uh, uh, Taoist writings and things like that. I, I keep thinking to myself I may do a series of talks on on some Taoist writings so we'll see maybe maybe someday um but I hope you found that helpful